Hello, welcome to Smash Hit Sports. I'm your host, Cody. Today, Nick and I have what I think is the preeminent college basketball expert on the internet. Definitely on TikTok, for sure. There's no, it's without a doubt the preeminent college basketball expert on TikTok. Uh, defense appreciator, ball knower, uh, Ryan Hammer. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. for What an intro. Holy crap. Yeah. What an intro. Honestly, like, maybe TikTok, the standards aren't high, aren't that high. So, but I'll take it. You know, I'll, I'll take it. It's all good. I, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. It's a lost art being the college basketball guru. I feel like it's dwindling. So you're you're rejuvenating the, the youth. It's, yeah, it's a lot of like, I mean, it's a lot of old, bald, white guys, which I will be that at some point <laughs> yeah, in my life. Yeah. But that's, like but not yet. So I'm trying to bridge the gap, so. Love it. Yeah, it it also helps you have like the greatest last name for sports content. It's just Hammer. It's like that. It plays. I've been told people think it's fake all the time. Like that's in my whole life, but especially with content, people like you just do that. Like, is that like a betting thing? I'm like, absolutely not. No. Yeah, Hammer the line. You should. We should do a segment. Yeah, (laughs) I I do have to ask why the number nine on all of the on all the handles. Um. So first of all, they people just like at Ryan Hammer's always taken on social media platforms. By the time I got going. But right. nine, I played soccer throughout like college and afterwards like, my whole life. So I, I wore nine because of I think Freddie Adu used to wear it. He, he was like sixteen when he started it, and someone else yeah. too. Uh, an R nine, of course. Hell for yeah. all So that's a great pull. Great pull. Yeah. Well, if you don't follow Ryan, you absolutely should. All of his accounts will be linked in the description below. Um, but that being said, let's get into some college hoops talk because damn does it feel good to be back that ap top 25 was released and it just it hit me emotionally i was like i cannot wait for the highs and lows of college basketball season we're so back um when you go to evaluate teams on like a broad spectrum how much do you rely on analytics because of the difference like college football there's 133 fbs teams college mm-hmm. basketball there's 353 teams like you can't watch every game yeah um I should probably tell myself that more because, like, I'll I, I don't watch every NEC game and MAC game and stuff on weeknights and but all. Um, I try to watch as much like mid major and, and every level possible. But you're so right; like, it's impossible to judge all that. And the mid majors are probably the hardest because you can't. It's really tough to judge teams that are playing in weaker conferences because that's why in March, like, they kind of come out of nowhere and like was like 12, 13, sometimes 15, 16 seeds. Like, because you just don't watch them all year. You don't know who they're playing against. Sometimes it's just like given day. Um, but I, I use analytics during the year a ton. As the year goes on, when you have more data, it's just, this is that's just a science and a math thing. Like when you have more physical, like raw data to go off of that's real, then you can rely on it more. Like right now, Ken Palm has like projections for the year. I'm like, right? Okay, like yes, it's based on last year's stuff and the players. But I noticed like a lot of the Ken Palm stuff. Real like a quick one: all the teams with that are going to rely on freshmen, like Duke, Kentucky. Uh, Michigan State is a few good freshmen. Like teams like that are lower on Kempom because they can't project those guys. Maybe that's because freshmen aren't as impactful, or maybe that's because he's like precautionary. But stuff like that. So it's I don't use it a ton in the preseason, um, but as the season goes on, more and more, of course. Well, this is what I always say: is the college basketball doesn't really start until uh, like January because you don't have enough data. Like, it's really fun to watch the non-conference games, especially, like, Champions Classic and whatnot. Right. But, like, I'm a Ken Palm guy. I'm subscribed to Ken Palm. I'm probably not going to really use it uh, until, like, January, February. Uh, and then that's probably when I'm going to, like, head to ESPN Plus and try to catch some, like, Missouri Valley <laughs> Conference games. And, Hell, yeah. And, like, just see what uh, what's going on on, like, a random Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, like, just to start, it's just going to be a bunch of, 
nonsense predictions from probably all three of us, but it's fun nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, and these preseason tournaments are going to be a lot of fun. Like, there are – the Champions Classic is going to be great. Three of the top four teams are in that. Um, and the the top 25, it's, it's shaken out to be interesting. Like, there are some teams that I was surprised to see in there. There are some teams that I was kind of surprised were left off. Um, Ryan and Nick is kind of for both you guys, but like, who were your like immediately when you saw you're like, oh that like they were too high, they're too low, like obviously I'm not gonna like oh 13, 14, who gives a shit? But um, who were you kind of surprised to see in that top twenty five? Yeah, um, surprised in it. I was surprised Illinois was in it. Um, I was surprised St. Mary's. St. Mary's is top twenty five team. They just never get the respect early on, so I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. it's good that they're there. Um, I'm just surprised they were put in there so quickly, but I think that's because the media saw the WCC media vote for them over Gonzaga in the WCC preseason poll, which is like, uh, I think it's just a ploy for attention, but nonetheless, I think the national media saw that. They were like, oh yeah, okay, we'll, we'll just trust them. Uh, but Illinois also, I'm a Maryland fan. I am so unbiased. I know that for a fact because I have always been such a Debbie Downer on, in every sport, but... I know Maryland is a better team right now than Illinois going into the year. I think they, and they're in the same conference. It's pretty easy to judge them against one another. They're similarly built. So I, I thought they should have been in too. What's funny is that I, like Maryland is probably one of my top, like they, how are they not ranked teams? I, I didn't know that you were a Maryland fan. Did you grow up like in the area? No, so I'm from New Jersey. My oldest brother is eight years older than I am. And when yeah. he started going to college, I was 10 going to watch like Grievous Vasquez against Duke and stuff oh like that. God, so, yo. yeah, it was like prime time. Like that was when I fell in love with the sport, too. So it was just great timing. And I loved it down there. And I never I've seen anything like that at my first college basketball game. So it was crazy. So how old were you for that? Like Draymond Green, Corey Lucius, Michigan um, State buzzer beater in the round of 32? How old was I? I was probably middle school is my guess. Yeah, uh, I, I got it was that like right. 2010. Um, yeah, but so like yeah, you were probably already yeah, like Maryland fan, so that that kind of started you off. Yeah, uh, on, a, on a bad start. But yeah, for me, too high. I, I think Houston's too high. Um, as far as the fact that they lost Jarris Walker and Marcus Sasser, I really like Jamal Shedd, but I don't know if a team. A lot of guys that I'm not super sold on quite yet, uh, and they're in a, a really tough conference now. So I think they're getting a little too much respect. And then it's tough because, like, Marquette is returning pretty much everyone besides, like, Omax, Prosper. But UConn being below them doesn't make sense. So I think Marquette's maybe a little too high in that regard. Yeah, there are some teams on here that, like, I'm just – I'm so excited to watch play. Like, Texas with Max Abesmith is going to be really fun. Like, I think he is going to be really, really exciting to watch in that offense. Um, One team that I was surprised – to see ranked because they didn't make the tournament last year Villanova at 22 and I understand last year they had a first year head coach what could go wrong did go wrong for that program um but that being said do they deserve a top 25 spot this year yeah yeah they're loaded yeah I haven't put out my top 25 yet um I think they're loaded uh I I like Villanova a lot I like the Big East a lot we'll get into uh, conference rankings shortly but um I'll just go, like, a couple teams that I think were too low. Um, Baylor, I think, is a bit too low. I think I actually really don't get – like, that's the one I'm definitely most confused about. Um, Kentucky, 20, yeah. I think, is a bit too low, but that makes a little bit of sense because we don't know what we're going to get out of 
you know, Edwards and Dillingham and, and some of those freshmen. But I, I really think they have a loaded class, like out of the top 10 recruits, they, they have, like, you know, only we can rank one. So it just is suspicious. Uh, and then UNC, what I've seen so far from like reading, you know, throughout like Twitter, obviously I'm on ECC Twitter, um, Cadeau or whatever, Elliot Cadeau. Yeah. He looks like the real deal. Uh, and it looks like the chemistry is back now that Caleb Love is gone. Because apparently Caleb Love, you know, uh, got with RJ Davis's girlfriend, all that hoopla. Uh, I don't know if that's confirmed or not. But if that's the case and, and Caleb Love's gone, maybe UNC is back to being like a, a top 10, top 5 team. Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. I, I know as much as the rest of the public does about the situation, but everyone's been saying all offseason, like addition by subtraction with him, but also addition by addition. Elliot Cadeau is amazing. Like I've been on him for a while. He classed out back a year, then he reclassed back into his year now that he should have been in. But he is as elite of a point guard as you're going to find. Like, yeah, I, I think of like Jalen Suggs, a little less explosive at the rim and aggressive, but he has a, he has a good jumper and he can hit from outside at a much better rate. Um, like he is the, like he's everything you want in a point guard. So I'm a big fan of him and then playing next to RJ Davis is going to be so good. I'm big on North Carolina. I'm actually big on Nova too. I like yeah. or the opposite, I guess. I think, I think my top 25, like I said, hasn't come out yet. UNC, I think is like 15. I have Nova in the top 15 also. Like I'm very high on them. They were, they had the pieces last year. They were played with injury. First year head coach who's young. Um, they have a ton of good transfers. They're all experienced, like seniors, super seniors, like that's a recipe for success in no matter what way you're going to put it. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to win the Big East, but I think they got a damn good, damn good chance to be a dark horse. So, Yeah, the Big yeah, East think, is uh, going to be an absolute gauntlet, man. A gauntlet. I think I've, this year. I've UNC at 14, Villanova at 17, if I'm looking at mine that mm-hmm. I, I posted last week. Um, so pretty much kind of both high on both as well. Uh, but yeah, Big East is going to be insane. Cody, who, who do you think uh, – is like your kind of sleeper that you like from this top 25? Yeah, from the top 25, um, I'm not high on some of these teams in the SEC. I think there's going to be a drop-off for some of them, but I love Texas A&M. Like, the, mm. the way, the the play style that they play with great defense, like, I think that they are going to be outstanding again this year. I, I think they absolutely have a shot to win the SEC. Um, and then I like Tennessee at 9. But it's Tennessee. It's Rick Barnes. It's the same. Like, I'll say it with Matt Painter. Every Matt Painter team in the history of Purdue has been the exact same team. It's just different players. But the team is always exactly the same. You'll have a a couple freak athlete guards, maybe like a, a fun wing, and then some giant white dudes. Like, Tennessee is going to play great defense. They're going to have one shooter that you have to worry about offensively. And that's that's all of Tennessee. And I get having them at nine, but I just don't see where they fit, how they fit into the top 10 at the end of the season. I don't yeah. see it. I think they just, like, you said it right. Like, it's, it's a, you, you know exactly what to expect. And the real question is not can they win in November through February. It's can they win in March. And he really passed the SEC play, tournament, but like the NCAA tournament, they've had pretty, I mean, they've underperformed relative to what their expectations and their seeding and their rankings have been. That being said, you got it on the head. Like 99% of the teams in the country and in the SC can't figure out their system. They can't beat them on or unless something's going wrong. It has. They need Tennessee to play down to them, which never happens. 
because they're very well built. They don't have a ton of talent really at all. Like when they had like Kennedy Chandler, even though they lost, I think early on a couple of years ago, like, okay, they have a guy they can sit behind with some other pieces. They can, they can explode on offense and they, they kind of like, they didn't, but they like their system is just so hard to crack. They do have that shooter again this year. I think they're just so safe. They're the safest team possible. So p- voters are like, you know what? We can't put them outside the top 15, but I'm not going to put them in, inside the top five or six. So that's kind of where they fall. I, f- I just feel like they're they're one of the most sure things you're going to find. So, Yeah, I feel like Tennessee doesn't really ever have like a game breaker. Um, and probably the closest they've ever been in March Madness, like at least in recent memory, uh, to like doing something special was against that Matt Painter team in 2019 sweet 16 one of the best games i've ever uh uh, what was his name the ryan klein the white guy on purdue that was hitting like step back crazy threes to tie the game it was unbelievable and tennessee honestly like probably at some point had like a 99 percent chance of winning that game and they lost but if they had won they might have made like the final four and we wouldn't be saying this about them but they are kind of known chokers, and I, I am expecting more of the same this year. Yeah, well, let's talk about these conferences a little bit because I, I'm i going to start it off. I'm a Big East truther. I love what the Big East has to offer this year, and I understand that they have the returning champs in UConn, but with Marquette and, and Villanova and Creighton. Like, McDermott is a hell of a coach. I'm so excited for the Big East. How would you rank some of these conferences? I have the Big East at the top. But, uh, Ryan, where's, who do you think is going to be the best conference in college basketball this year? It's always been the Big 12 for me, and it's going to be a Big 12 again, adding Houston. Even adding, like, BYU, Cincy. Cincy's solid, and, and UCF doesn't yeah. kill, like, the bottom anyway because they're still solid teams. But adding Houston is, like, next-level next level stuff, obviously. Um, I just don't, like, that league is, is a war at the highest level. The Big 10 is also a war, but, like, for the worst reasons ever. Like, they're a good team, yeah. of course, but... Um, the Big 12 is just different to me. Like, if people are like, oh, like yeah. the Big East won last year. Like, the Big East could have three, maybe even four, like top 10 to 15 teams at some point early on this year, if not in the first couple of weeks. Uh, I just don't. The Big 12 is so good. There's so many good teams every single year. There's six, seven teams you could see making the Final Four every season. Like, it, it's just an elite conference. It only got better. The transfers they're bringing in are unbelievable. The coaches and the systems are unbelievable. Like, they just get better and better. So, I, it's hard. I can't go anywhere else except the Big 12, but I do think. The Big East is the Big East is pushing the needle. Like they'd probably be two for me. So I think last year at at one point, maybe it was for a while, but the Big Twelve had like nine out of their ten teams ranked in the Ken Palm <laughs> top fifty, or I, it might have been Ken Palm top twenty five. It was something outrageous. Whereas like the ACC, which probably used to be the Big Twelve, right? Like they were mm-hmm. the conference you wanted to like you didn't want to mess with. ACC had like two teams. and the Big 12 had nine. Um, So, yeah, for me, it's easily the Big 12. Big East would be number two. Uh, And then then you can get your argument starting uh, to to get AWOL because I I go Big 10 next, but the Big 10 has a lot of mid, um, a lot of teams that don't play a great, fun brand of basketball. Um, ACC is kind of in limbo right now. The SEC, I'm kind of expecting drop off a little bit in the Pac-12 who knows (laughs) the Pac-2 yeah it's it's insane conference realignment is 
having to watch like a late night Ohio State going into Washington game on or like or seeing Penn State again in their the most plain uniforms of all time because they're Penn State playing on that Oregon court is gonna oh my god it's gonna be filthy like I I, I it burns my eyes thinking about it I can't ah it's gross it's gross the thing with Pac-12 which is is so wild is that like they have eleven thirty p.m. like uh yeah. tip off time i like doing college basketball so like it'll be wild if they continue to do that when when some of these teams move to the big 12 it's like Rutgers playing at washington yeah 11 30 eastern time like poor Rutgers, you know i gotta imagine they don't like do that to those teams maybe like 10 30 like maybe 11 on like saturdays and stuff but who knows they yeah. they are clearly doing they clearly don't give a damn about anything so right it's unbelievable yeah, it, it, so if we talked about the best conference in college basketball, we, we have to ask the inverse of that question. Who is the oh. worst power six conference in, in college okay. hoops? Okay, I thought Not you had worst. the worst. Yeah, yeah we yeah, can't go I, worst I overall. Uh, like, you, I can't have you shit on, like, the American League or, like, a, you know, the... The, the Northeastern the, Conference? Yeah, the NEC, the MEAC. Yeah, the MEAC ain't good. MEAC ain't good. It's not all, bad. Yeah. Um, the the worst power conference... I, it's got to be, it's not the ACC. That would be too, too disrespectful. It's got to be the Pac-12, even though yeah. every year they have like, they're going to have three or four really good teams that are contending. And then everyone's like, no, it's the Pac-12. They, they own the West Coast. They, I hate, oh God, the, the dumbest thing ever is the uh, team hasn't won in whatever years um, west of like Texas of that oh, middle yeah. line. It's so, like, it's true. And to be fair, I use some historical stats that are dumb as hell like that, but that is like literally meaningless to me. Like it, to say that Gonzaga, UCLA, Arizona will never win a national title because of that, people are just going to say it every year until it happens again. It's going to happen at some point. So, right, it's not predictive at all. Um, there's no correlation between that map and reality. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, Pac-12 is six, yeah. six <laughs> for me as well. Um, I then I, I actually have ACC four, SEC five. Because I'm an ACC truther, I believe in my Clemson Tigers this year as well. I think they are leapers. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I'm hoping that you agree with that, Ryan. We'll have to see. But I don't. Um, uh, there's something about the Clemson fans that they everyone they hate me. I don't know why. Like there's there's a small group of Clemson basketball fans that are like truthers about like hardcore like that. Because um, yeah. obviously it's football school for the most part. But the team is going to be good. I think they're probably the fifth or sixth best team in the SEC in the ACC, ACC this year. I don't think that says a lot because of the mid-level no. tier of the ACC, but I, I don't know. I just they're just like underwhelming to me. They were last year, and like people were like, they have to be in the tournament. They have to be. I'm like, they're not going to get yeah. in. And then people were like, they, well, we, what do you mean? I'm like, they're not in. Look, we lost to Louisville last year. Which exactly. Was like you're, you can't do that in the tournament. That's just not allowed. <laughs> yeah. like losing to that, IUP. That's what it came down to. So yeah, it literally did. If they didn't lose to Louisville, Clemson's in over Pitt probably. But yeah. like, um. Yeah, I, I I think that's, you know, I think you're undervaluing them a little bit. I really do think the transfers they got are pretty good, returned a lot of talent. So, But um, I am a little I, – I try not to be biased, but my hopes are okay. higher than they've ever been. I'll just say that. That's fair. That's fair. Do you and think, I need it because Clemson football stinks, so I need it. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, do you think with conference realignment, like anybody has told Bill Walton – like, do you think Bill Walton knows? Like, what is what is he oh doing? My God. I cannot wait to hear oh, him discuss like God. the logistics of conference realignment at ten thirty at night for a UCLA game. Well, it's, gonna it's gonna be incredible. Be, it's gonna be someone who's like, 
who's talking with him on air, and when he just they go off on tangents where they're gonna be like, oh, like UCLA is headed uh, out to play, like we played them last year, Maryland, like. UCLA is going to play Maryland. Like that's going to be a preview of what you'll see for the next for the infinite future in the next ten years to come. And, and he'll be like, "What? What are they doing a home and home for ten years?" And then they're, <laughs> they're, they're, going to, they're going to be like, "No, like they're going to the Big Ten. And then, and then he's going to be like, "This is the Conference of Champions. Like, what are you talking about?" Yeah. That'd be so funny. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to be in denial, hundred percent. I honestly like fifty percent of the time I literally cannot stand listening to him talk, <laughs> but fifty percent of the time I'm like, "This is hilarious," and I love it. Um, but yeah, he's probably going to be on another level this year, just complaining. Yeah. Like he's, he's probably not even going to call like some games. It'll be two hours of him not calling anything. Right. Like no play by play, no nothing. He's just going to be complaining about like why they, they split up the pack. 12 yeah, yeah, exactly. I love Bill Walton, but he's a guy like big games. Like I, I can't, I can't be watching him for, you know, USC, Arizona. Like I, he's perfectly fine for Arizona state. Like, Stanford, you know, like that, that's great. Give me all the Bill Walton for that, but I can't do it for in those big time matchups. Like, man, I, I don't know. You just need college game day to go out to those big games, hopefully. And then you get a different crew. I I think that means you get, yeah, you get a different crew. Um, But he is going to do a lot of those like UCLA. If it's UCLA, he probably has first dibs on every UCLA game for the most part, at least in the entire year. So. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about t- speaking of like coaches and personalities. We had a lot of we got some new faces, new places in college basketball. Who do you think was the best coaching hire of this offseason? Because we had some big name splashes. We have some guys moving in conference, which is kind of crazy. Um, but who do you think was the best hire this offseason? Um, off a pu- that's tough because like some guys fit certain programs and stuff well. Like, Texas Tech was in a weird spot this year. Like, the whole Mark Adams situation, whatever. They weren't obviously ready to move on to a new coach already. But things happen. They have to get him out. I think Grant McCaslin is, like, a really good transition that's going to be smooth for them. He played, like, his North Texas program was basically Texas Tech in, in Conference USA. Like, they play the same gritty defense style that we've seen for years when Chris Beard was there and stuff. When they went to the Final Four. Um, I think he was good. The be- I mean, I got to mention Rick Pitino, like, what the hell are we going to get? I don't know. But the way he talks about changing a culture and not even just like you hear like, oh, change the culture in the locker room off the floor. Like he's like, no, like he said the other day at Big East Media Day, he said, um, my guys don't think they know how to play defense with like a high motor. They they think they do, but they don't. And he's like, my Iona guys, the Iona team, they know how to do that because they know like I was there and I installed that in them. And he wants to do that same thing at St. John. So hearing little, little things like that and little tidbits is just like you understand how wh- and what he gets – out of out of every kind of guy and what he puts into a program, um, it, like there are guys like Ed Cooley and stuff where I'm like, it's a good hire. What's gonna happen? I have no clue. Um, he's probably one of the better ones. And I like Kim English also at Providence. I think he's being slept on a little bit. People were kind of like, they were thought they were forced to hire a young new coach like that. But I so when we were doing the Kevin Willard hire at Maryland, Kim English, I was like. Damn, like he was one of the two or three guys I was very, very okay and would have been happy with if they hired him. I know he's an up and comer, he's younger, less experienced, but um, those are a few of them. I'm definitely missing some of them, but yeah. What are your thoughts on Adrian Autry uh, for Syracuse? Syracuse is weird. I think they need to go out. That's going to be like a massive switch of culture, right? They're not playing the zone anymore for the first they time. They better not touch years. it, but I think they needed to go exter- more external than they did. Like, I just. They they needed such a such a clean sweep and switch up and stuff like that. Not in the players, obviously, but 
um, just in their program, everything they had. And listen, Jim Beheim's like one of the better coaches of the generation and all. And like he, at the end of the, the last five years have been interesting. Um, I don't really want to speak on <laughs> what he's done, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't think Syracuse is going to be great. They'll improve. Doesn't say much. Um, Autry should, should be fine and to be able to build a good, pretty good program there. But um, I wish they would have went external. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting just because it's going to look so different. You know, it's going to be a completely different brand of, of basketball there in Syracuse. Yeah. And they have some good talent too, right? Judah Mintz, I'm shocked that he returned. They had, um, they had a J.J. Starling from Notre Dame too. He's a very similar kind of yeah. player. Th- those two are going to be a lot of fun to watch. I just like, the last thing I'll say about it is, like Duke hired from within and Coach K still has a lot of say in what goes on there, whether people want to believe it or not. Uh, but like, Duke's also Duke, so they can do that and they should do that. It's the brotherhood, whatever. And it, I don't, I'm a Duke hater, but it's, it's all good. It's all real. Um, Syracuse doesn't have that and like they've been declining and declining so why would you try to keep everything the same and like I feel like Jim's gonna have a say in everything still so yeah that's that's very probable um I will move on uh Cody I I need you to explain this next segment here you have are we drinking Kool-Aid on these teams okay okay first off first off um I neither of you guys mentioned Notre Dame hiring Micah Shrewsbury I'm a Notre Dame guy um Please, True. please tell me something good. Cause no, I can't I think, watch another year like last year. Honestly, well, the team ain't gonna be good this year. They ain't gonna be good at all. Yeah, I think they're probably gonna finish. Roster's gonna stink. Fourteenth or fifteenth in the in the AC, but I think long term. I honestly forgot to mention him because I'm, I like was excited to talk about him. Long term, he's probably the best hire of this like um, this cycle and this year Let's and go. stuff like that. I, I, he's awesome. I love him at Penn State. Like he. Uh, he that team was nothing. They were nothing. Like Jalen Pickett's good. They had a lot of good players, like Andrew Funk and all. And it's just not. It, it's, it's people. Are, they're good because of the system that has, has shown them their strengths and, and shined them into the world. But um, I think Mike is an awesome long term with a uh, with a lot of like resources and funding and stuff. And hopefully you get that at Notre Dame. I think I think they will at some point. Uh, he, he's he's awesome. He's a keeper. Yeah, being able to root for Mike Bray pretty much my entire life was the easiest thing in the world. He's such an yeah. easy guy to root for. It seems like everybody in the media loves him. Like he he's always rocking like the with the Hawaiian shirts and everything. <laughs> um, and I live about an hour from South Bend, so like you hear every bar and restaurant that he walks in, he's the most beloved guy in there. Um, him just getting hammered drunk at the linebacker at the end of the season is just one of the most one of the funnier things um, that I got to enjoy. But yeah, I'll explain the drinking the Kool-Aid segment. And there is a lot of belief in some of these teams in whether it, that be just the internet hyping them up and social media, whether that be like actual talking heads in college basketball media hyping these programs up. A lot of these guys have like must bus was hey he's the coach of the year he's mastered the transfer portal like kentucky they they were ready to run john calipari out of town like uh, and i love mcdermott at creighton so i guess the question is is are you drinking the kool-aid on these teams do you believe in what they are selling like kentucky for example nba caliber guards like we're recruiting back to the level that he was recruiting when he had like some of these outstanding because he didn't have great guards the last couple of years oscar shibway was national player of the year but it not in the capacity that he had when he had like anthony davis and john wall and demarcus and those kinds of guys are you drinking the kool-aid on kentucky i'm definitely not drinking the kool-aid per se um i'm i'm kind of indifferent like i think i do think them going back to being run by freshmen with a couple of experienced guys in the lineup and the rotation to fill it out is what they need and 
for for literally no reason at all other than they've had success doing that and that's what's worked and the talent they have this year is better than they have had coming in the last few years and like Casey Wallace I loved last year one of my guys like but DJ Wagner is like a different level of competitor and athlete and like player in general as a point guard uh, and their class is unbelievable this year they even have like international guy and Devonimir Ivasic and stuff and um, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid per se but I think things are looking up for them for sure this year uh, even though they were a six seed and they they did they were solid last year they just like kind of flopped and they didn't flop in the tournament like they won a game like they were supposed to relative to their seed but uh, I'm not drinking the Kool Aid no but I'm not I'll take a sip see what it tastes like yeah I mean and and people forget that they were pretty close to beating Kansas State and Kansas State you know went on this miraculous run um, the thing is with Kentucky I feel like they're better when they can stretch the floor so I think Shibway might have actually been in pairing them a little bit when it came to March mm-hmm. because he was just such a body inside. And I think you need more shooters and, and more dynamic of an offense uh, in, in March Madness. So I think we're going to get a little more of that from Kentucky. So I, I would take maybe a little more than one sip of the Kool-Aid. But again, it, it's all up in the air. So um, like I, I really haven't, I haven't seen any of these guys, um, you know, these top recruits. I haven't seen them play. I didn't watch their high school games. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's all hype in my mind. Fair. All right, the the next one with Arkansas. Are you buying in on all these transfers, like meshing and selling and working? I know, like Musbus has done it before, and it, and that's it's been great. Um, and they have oh, I can't remember the guy. He he was hurt. He needs to get healthy, and he's going to be Trevor outstanding. And yes, Trevon yeah. Brazil. Like, how do you do? You see everything meshing quickly. Do you see them kind of starting off slow, but then picking it up once they get into conference play? Like, do you believe in this Arkansas team? Yeah, I think they should be fine. Um, they, I drink the Kool-Aid with like the must bus in general every single year. Uh, I've so like I'm connect, well connected with the like in the, within the program with all the fans like in on the audience. So it makes me like I just love everything that they they kind of preach. I think last year they were plagued with injury. Their guys were young and new and inexperienced. Um, and they were talented, but that didn't get them very far. Obviously, or it did do decently in the tournament though. But um, this year, I think they'll be. They'll be good with all the transfers. They'll be fine. My big question is after TB, who's going to be awesome? Like he's massive breakout this year. He's going to be drafted probably first round. Like he's awesome. Who's going to be their number two? And from what I've here in every way, it's going to be it could be anybody. It could be Tremont Mark from Houston. Who that's a transfer that's not really a transfer to me. Like he's been playing in a Kelvin Sampson system. He's so experienced. He's understanding of everything. He's intelligent. Like he's going to be like a vet for them. Like he's been at the program for a while. L. Ellis is talented. Khalif Battle is an absolute freaking bucket. They have Devo Davis returning. So, like, any of those guys could be the number two on any given night or maybe the entire year. Who it's going to be, I don't know. But, like, you got to imagine they have enough to be able to figure it out and keep winning games. But I am – I'll say I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, I guess, by the standard of it. I, I think they are they should be able to figure it out in every way if they're healthy. I didn't know they had L. Ellis. They do. Um, that, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he – he was like 25 points a game at Louisville, <laughs> like the worst worst Power Five team ever. Uh, but yeah, he's a bucket. I'm interested to see him, like if he's not the main uh, mm-hmm. offensive option, what what it's going to look like. Personally, I'm probably not drinking the Kool Aid just because I think they've been more talented in the past. But um, as far as Creighton goes, there's been a lot of drama there as well. Like people, are they leaving? Are they staying? Are they transferring? What's going on? Now we know their roster. What do you think? Yeah, they're not deep again. I I was in on them last year. It, they kind of like fluctuated. They had injury issues also, and um, because of their depth, they kind of got screwed with that. But when they got to the tournament, I, I like 
they were one of the few teams that I was like, there's just no way they don't. Like, I love Baylor every year. Last year, I was like, there's just no way Creighton doesn't get out of this little region right here. And they were in close games the entire time. Even, like, Princeton, it was close at one point. But um, the, I, I'll drink the Kool-Aid on Creighton probably, too, at, at some point. Probably not right away. Uh, just like last year, I just need to see them play a little bit. Make sure we're all good. Make sure we're all comfortable. Everything's meshing well, even though they, it's a lot of the same guys that they had last year. So I, Creighton's awesome. They're, they're going to be good as long as they're playing healthy also. Yeah, I love Steven Ashworth. He just feels like a Creighton guy. So... <laughs> Um, especially like him and Shireman are just like Dougie McBuckets. Oh, yeah. uh, Nassals are there. Um, I don't really know their power forward, but obviously they have Trey Alexander and Cockrenner back. So that starting five is going to be pretty elite. I think they'll be able to contend for the Big East. Yeah, it, we've talked a lot of major conference basketball, the mid-majors. This is, this is where I think this is the beauty of college basketball compared to college football in – the power five is really all that ha- that all that has mattered in college football for a long time. Obviously Cincinnati made the college football playoff um, a couple of years back, but you know, it's four teams. It is what it is. Mid majors are the most beautiful part of college basketball because it allows guys who don't get a spotlight and don't get to see that kind of action week in and week out, really make a name for themselves. We saw F- FAU like judge, Tobin Anderson was incredible. Like Gonzaga, St. Mary's, there's so much going on with the mid-majors. Um, what are your teams to watch, players to watch? What are you excited for with mid-major basketball this year? Yeah, I think one thing is like, what is a mid-major? Obviously, like at this point, Gonzaga is kind of like, all right, they're freaking Gonzaga, whatever. But I, when I hear mid-major, when you said that those two words, my mind instantly went past the WCC, past the AAC, past the Mountain West, right to like Big West, WAC, Ivy League, etc., like leagues like that. Um, AJ Mitchell and UC Santa Barbara. They have Johan Troll right now too, who was a five star last year, two years ago. Went to Auburn, barely played, didn't get the burn because they had Janai Broom in front of him, so he couldn't play. Now he goes to UC Santa Barbara through a little connection, which is a weird transfer down. But guys that have transferred down like that have, have, have not notoriously, but they've broken out every in the last few years, every single time almost. So. I think A.J. Mitchell, who, by the way, was the Big West Player of the Year, I thought he was draft-worthy last year. He didn't have enough attention. He definitely will this year. Awesome combo guard, Belgian. He's a junior, senior now, so he's experienced. Like That team is going to be fun, the Gauchos. Uh, and Grand Canyon University at yeah, the WAC. The WAC is a very, very nice. underrated league. Very, very underrated. It always has been. They have always have. Like last year, they probably could have put three teams in the tournament, and they all could have won games. Like They had Sam Houston and teams like that that couldn't get in, but they were very, very good. Um Grand Canyon's got a guy, Ray Harrison, who averaged like 18-4-4 four four last year, first-team all-whack. I don't know what their preseason poll looked like. He could be player of the year. They bring in, I think it's four or five power conference transfers. Some played, some didn't, some were high-recruited, some like whatever it is. Um, they have another 13 points per game scorer coming in from Georgia Southern. Like They're, they're going to be fun. And their student section is the best in the country, like the best in the country. So. Yeah, you also got teams like Grant, uh, or, uh, Stephen F. Austin, um, Seattle. Yeah. Like a couple of good teams, uh, competitors in the WAC. Um, for me, as far as like the best mid-majors, you know, like I, I would say Mountain West would come to mind. But I think the AAC, the revamped AAC, is going to be pretty good this year because obviously you have Florida Atlantic joining the conference. But then you have teams like Memphis that stick stuck around. You have UAB now in the AAC. You have North Texas in the AAC. Uh, Wichita State should be better. I think there's a lot of good teams um, that are going to be fighting for tournament spots. They could be like a three or four bid league. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the Grand, Grand Canyon is that's something that's been on my college basketball bucket list for a yeah. while. And I, I want to go so bad. The other one, I live like an hour from Taylor University that does oh, the Silent Night game. Incredible. I'm trying to get tickets to that so badly. I've been emailing the AD, and I'm like, dude, like, let me, let me in. And oh uh, it's impossible. If they, answer, if they answer, then I'm coming. I need to go to that. Oh my god, it's in. It's always right before finals, right? Uh, it's early, like it's like December nine. So yeah, right before. That's probably right. Um, yeah. yeah, I gotta see if I have anything on the schedule because I'm going to trying to take some tours around the country this year. But I, I might try to squeeze that in if I'm in Indiana that week. Actually, where how how far is it from Indianapolis? Uh, like an hour. I'm gonna make this happen. Okay, uh, I'm gonna look at the schedule after that. Literally get, after get, this. Get free tickets, yeah. dude. Yeah, if it, hey, if you get in, because you, I'm gonna be honest, Ryan, you got a little bit bigger of an audience than I do. Um, yeah, but if you manage to pull that off, um, I'll be your camera guy. Like, uh, just give me in the door. I'm, tr- um, I'm gonna try. We gotta, we gotta go. We have to go. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll loop you in on the email with the AD. But yes, sir. I'm, I'm ex- There's just college basketball has so many fun traditions. Um, so we've talked a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of names. Um, college basketball has had ever since Zion Williamson. I feel like there's been a little bit of a vacuum of the top top end talent. Like obviously we had Wemben Yama, a generational prospect um, who who's an international guy, and a lot of the first couple of picks were these overtime elite dudes, and they've been outstanding. But who are some of the best prospects in college basketball this season? It's, uh, it's tough. It's, hard, it's always hard to say early in the year because, like, Brandon Miller last year wasn't really, like, he was on radars, obviously, but he wasn't, like, a top five pick at all. Jabari Smith a couple years ago was a non-prospect for the first couple weeks of the year. Um, it, a lot of the freshmen that you're going to you think of, like, Omaha Blue, Jacoby Walter, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards, a lot of those highly touted guys. Elliot Cadell, I'm a big fan of. Um, I think there are some returners who could be lottery picks I don't know if Donovan Klingon could get the lot. He definitely could get the lottery. I don't know if he will. Uh, I think Tyrese Proctor, Trevin Brazil are really, really, really good prospects. And there are definitely, like I mentioned, AJ Mitchell before, like random guys. There are always deeper upperclassmen that kind of separate from the gap. But there are also some like international guys, like Adai Mara at UCLA. He's like seven three. He's Spanish. He's been at it in in Europe his entire life. Obviously, uh, he's coming. To UC- he's at UCLA now. They have him, Jan Vied, Berke, Bjorkunchel, like a lot of international freshmen who most people will have no idea. Bill Wallen is going to have no idea who they are. Great reference. He's going to have no clue until he sees them play, and then he's going to be like, holy shit, like who is this kid? Um, Adaymar is going to be really, really good. Him and Adembona also are, are good prospects, but them two together are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, a couple other names I like are, are Stephen Castle at UConn. Um, I think he's going to fill that. Jordan Hawkins' role really, really well. Uh, Jacoby Walter, mm-hmm. Baylor, I think is going to be just the next great guard on that, you know, those breakthrough teams. Uh, Mbako, Mackenzie Mbako, Indiana. He's been on my radar if for a while. If we can keep him out of the Taco Bell drive through that would be nice. God damn. <laughs> He's going to be good, though, I think. I, I mean, we're going to hear about him a lot just because, you know, Indiana. He's probably going to be one of, if not maybe the best player yeah. on that team as a freshman. Um and yeah, I mean, I'm a Dillingham guy, so I'll be tuned in to him. He's pretty electric. All right, I'm going to make you guys talk about him, um, mainly so I can clip this and get a bunch of views because it's really easy to do. Um, Isaiah Collier, Bronny James. Like, USC is going to be fun to watch this season. Um, 
I got a hunch that they're going to get the Colorado treatment where you you are going to be sick yeah. of how much the media covers what Bronny does at USC the same way that a lot of people people didn't hate Coach Prime. They hated how much ESPN and all these accounts posted about Coach Prime. So we're going to have to see Bronny. What do you think of him as an actual prospect? Well, first off, the difference is that USC is like a top 20 team in the country, and they deserve to be there. They're going to be awesome this year. They could be top 10 at some point in the year, top 5. Uh, but Bronny's the, – the difference, the biggest thing with Bronny is that the common fan, an NBA fan that wants to watch because it's LeBron James' son, they're going to be like why, like, why is he coming off the bench? Like, why is he not on the ball all the time? Like, that's not, his, that's not what he does. Like, it's not where he impacts the game. I think he's like a six-man-of-the-year type guy in college and that gets him to the league. Scotty Barnes was a six-man in college. Jeremy Sohan was a six-man in college. It happens all the time. Um, Bronny is explosive. He's fun. He can shoot the hell out of the ball. He has a super high motor. He's a great defender on the perimeter. Like, he's just awesome. He just buys in. He's not like – he's obviously skilled. He's not the most skilled player on the court. He's probably never going to be again in his life until he does like a pro-am game if he's in the league or something like that. Um, but he's really good. Isaiah Collier is – he Isaiah Collier is something else. He is the guy that you want to go and sit courtside to watch. Obviously, people will go because it's both of them. But him and Boogie Ellis also, like, their team is going to be very good, well worth the watch. Bronny is a legit NBA prospect because of no nepotism at all. Yeah, I, nepotism has been fun to talk about this year in college football just because Brian Ferentz is going to put me in an early grave. So um, <laughs> that goddamn Iowa offense. Um, let's roll into best bets real quick. Yeah. Um, don't need a ton of explanation on these, but my two best bets, one is Purdue to win the Big Ten. They're bringing back all five starting five and while i you know january february is oh you win the big 10 in february like so give me purdue in this one um they get michigan state at home which i think could be huge um for winning the winning the regular season conference champion like that's regular season champion um and i think that's plus 200 um and then ryan you can tell me if this is stupid or not donovan Klingon to win the wooden award it's at plus 2,000, which is kind of what, like, I didn't want to... Zach Eady's like, plus 185. That's a terrible bet. Terrible. The last time we had a back-to-back Wooden Award winner was, like, the 70s. Ralph Sampson. Yeah. The, I just don't... I don't see any way that that happens this Ooh. year. It's like a back-to-back Heisman. Like, he would have to put up just <laughs> unbelievable... Like, even a step above numbers just because of voter fatigue. Yeah. Um, but I do like Klingon because he's playing in an unbelievable big east like it's going to be really exciting they're going to be there's going to be a lot of media coverage around uconn because they're the defending national champions the only thing that concerns me is his foot and big men and feet like Mm. scare me but it's a good point he uh i don't think it's like it's impossible the odds are obviously you're going for value i get that um i think he could win like national defensive player of the year i think i think he's actually my pick for that um but he I just don't know if he's going to like completely take over the Sonoga role. I don't think they're going to play the same style they did last year with through Sonoga and stuff like that. But to be fair, like he was so good when he played last year, Klingon. Like there's no reason he can't average, he can't score 20 points a game. So I, I want to say that you're crazy, but I can't. So yes, let's go. Well, at least not an idiot. I feel like he's worth yeah. the risk because he's like exactly we seen him as right. the guy. Um, so like we know the talents there. So yeah. I think at plus two thousand, that's a pretty good bet. Um, my my best bets are Kansas regular season champ plus two hundred. I think that's crazy because <laughs> they year. literally win it every single year. 
and they're AP number one. So I just bringing in Hunter Dickinson too, like that's on Vegas part. Ridiculous. God damn it. Like I get, yeah, the Big Twelve is obviously like a juggernaut of a conference, but there's something to be like Bill Self. I think almost takes pride in, yeah. in at least having a share of the Big Twelve yeah. uh, regular season championship. So. Yeah, I like that at plus 200. And then this is an unofficial line because I don't even know. Like, you can't really find this on DraftKings, at least not yet. Hey, this is, we're a FanDuel but show with Ryan. State we're a FanDuel show. This is a FanDuel show. So it's okay. I don't care. It's all right. <laughs> we're a FanDuel show. I I also don't think, like, DraftKings or FanDuel, I don't think it's it's on there. Um, but over 22 and a half points for Michigan State. Um, I found it on a couple different sources. That feels like the most yeah. free thing I've ever seen in my life. If that assumes that they lose, like to not hit that, they'd have to lose like 11, no 12 times. No uh, chance. I'm with you. No matter. Good. I don't even know what the schedule is. I know it's hard. They always play a tough schedule. It doesn't matter. They're winning. They're. It's easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. 100%. I have. I have two, and then a value play. Uh, one. I go to the on Fanduel Sportsbook. The Big West regular season odds. I talked about UC Santa Barbara before. They, they In the preseason poll, the media poll, they're picked to win by almost everybody. I don't know if it was unanimous or not. They have the best player. They have the most talented player, the best five-star prospect. They're the let me see, third or fourth. They have the fourth highest odds on FanDuel Sportsbook to win the league. Granted, the first is 320, and theirs is 380 at fourth, so it's all like neck and neck. It's a tough league. There are three good teams, in my opinion, but they're the best of them. So purely value alone, and they're the best team. Um, and then Gonzaga's basically even odds to win the WCC. Like, it's it, that's like the ED thing, but it's like it's a given. Like, I don't. St. Mary's is very good. I love Ada Mahaney. I love everything they have going on. I just don't. There's Gonzaga's gonna win. So even odds for them to win their conference, like they've done it basically every single year, actually blows my mind. So. Yeah, I feel like if you can, like, this is probably the first time yeah. you can get Gonzaga at even the last decade in, as like, under Mark Few. Like, it, that's yeah, it's crazy. it's crazy to me. Like, yeah, so might as well, might as yeah. well take it. Even if I it's wish like, I could bet on Sweet Sixteen yeah, odds now because that's like sweet. They get there every single year, so that's yep. like the easiest thing ever. Um, but I can't obviously. My one final four value play is Villanova. Oh wait, they changed now. Villanova was plus eight hundred. But Maryland is also plus 1,600 now. I think that we are built to make a run this team if they're healthy. Jameer Young, I think he's going to be an All-American this year. He's he's awesome. He's everything. He's DMV, bred and born. He, like, he, Kevin Willard's awesome coach, second year. I think the value is there. Plus 1,600 next to Illinois, Florida, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Like That, that doesn't make sense to me. So, Hell yeah. Love it. Yeah. Sure. I like that hey, little homer so- pick there. But, uh. I love it. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll throw in. You never know. You never know. Look, I'm the, I am the village idiot of this podcast. You never know. You're not allowed Might to be. Well. All right? Keep it. Relax. Okay? Relax. <laughs> yeah, Cody, why not? Take, take Notre yeah. Dame to win. My odds are crazy. Or, yeah. Yolo. I'm just hoping, I'm hoping Notre Dame just wins yeah, a couple games. They might even offer that. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, man. If you don't follow Ryan, you absolutely should. I don't know how you can't after listening to all of this. Um, all of his socials are plugged in the video description, or if you're listening to the audio version of this, um, it, it, it'll be in the description of that as well. Um, Ryan, do you have anything coming up that the people should be looking out for? Uh, just, I'm just ready for the season to start. I have some stuff I'm going to keep under wraps for now because uh, also they're like 99% done. But my one, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at some places this year, so I'm uh, I'm gonna try to make that happen. I want to be at campuses. I want to do that. No more details, but that's that's the stuff to look out for. 
Let's go. Can't wait yeah. for it, man. Um, a little bit longer of an episode okay. for the podcast, but God damn it, it was a good one. So <laughs> thank you guys so much. Like and subscribe. Do all the things that help the show, and we will see you in the next one.